to the Enchanted Ears podcast, where we discuss anything and everything Disney. I'm Angela. And I'm Joe. Pour one out for Tom Holland. We lost Spider-Man. Yes, we did. <laughs> no, Sony! <laughs> Why? <laughs> Spider-Man! We'll miss you. Tom Holland was so young. He had, the whole, he had the whole MCU ahead of him. You do know the listeners can't see your face right now. They can feel it. <laughs> His eyes are like closed. They can feel it. I need a, I need a it tissue. It looks like he's mourning. A single tear. A single tear. Yes. So this week, Sony and Disney announced that they are splitting up. and They're getting a divorce. Yes. And Spider-Man is no longer in the MCU, which... Is terrible. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, they even set him up to be the new Iron Man. Like, they set him up to be the new leader of the Avengers. Yes. So, Tom Holland, in my opinion, the best Spider-Man, the greatest Spider-Man. I agreed. And so, He's he, so likable. he was in five movies, two solo Spider-Man movies, and three, uh, well, two Avenger movies, and then Civil War, which is kind of an Avengers movie. It's a half Avengers movie. But Sony owns the rights to the character. There was an agreement a few years ago to allow him to be in these movies with Marvel and Kevin Feige specifically helping produce the movies. But now there's reports that Disney was asking to co-finance the movies to get more equity return. So reports anywhere range between 25 and 50 percent. And Sony basically said no. You know, the most recent Spider-Man made a billion dollars. It's the biggest movie that Sony's ever made. Yeah. So it, it actually just uh, beat out uh, the James Bond, one of the James Bond movies. And so they think, hey, we can do this on our own. We have Tom Holland. You know, we're, we're good to go. We don't need Marvel anymore. They kind of originally, Sony originally spun it as, hey, Kevin Feige's too busy. He's just not being involved. But then uh, reports came out. I think it was Deadline and The Hollywood Reporter were basically saying, like, no, this was all about the money. You know, Sony's making their own thing. Spider-Man's out. The fans are upset. I think there's a petition out there. I'm sure there has to be. I mean, when you think about it, from Disney's perspective, they are taking – they took a character who was played out, who had – you know, we had – this was, McGuire, this was the third Spider-Man. This was the third Spider-Man. We had Andrew Garfield yeah. and Tobey Maguire. Everyone liked it because it was literally one of the new. I mean, there were some Batman movies before that, but it was like one of the first serious re, like incarnations of a superhero on the big screen, and they did really well and they were good at the time. And then that kind of started the whole superhero. I think like it. It, it kind of really kickstarted the whole superhero movie thing. Um, and then Andrew Garfield was people yeah, they, didn't like him as much. Yeah, they tried to reboot it a couple years after and it didn't but work. They were basically doing the same thing. Exactly, it was, it was a fresh reboot. I think what what the problem is kind of on Sony's side, they have one character. Venom did very well last year, mm-hmm. so it made a lot of money, even though it was not critically acclaimed, and I don't think the fans really liked it. So I think Sony's viewing this as now, hey, you know, Spider Man just made a, over a billion dollars. Venom made seven or eight hundred million. We can build out our own Spider-Man universe and just keep this thing going. We don't need Marvel in the MCU. I think they are too heavily discounting the MCU connection for the reason right. why these Spider-Man movies did so well. And they just I, thought. And I was to say before you finish, I think they're 
overestimating how good Venom is. So I think just because the first Venom made a lot of money doesn't necessarily mean the sequel is going to do very well. They thought they could Taylor Swift this situation. They were like, you know, we're going to date Disney for a little bit. We'll really like try to get those get into those oh, connections. Make, make a good song about it afterwards. Yeah, yeah, and then afterwards we'll be able to say, you know, we learned something from it. We're going to talk about our experiences and we're going to go forward and be even better for it. Yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, we'll see if it works out. There's still time. There's no new Spider-Man movie announced, so there's still time for them to come to some sort of agreement. Like I said, the fans are, are kind of a little bit you know, I mean, outraged about I'm it to sure try to get them are. back. I'm upset. I, I do think what could happen is you know, Venom 2 is coming out in a year or two. If that bombs, and then maybe they try to make one Spider-Man movie, and if the fans don't go see it as much because it's not mcu related that maybe sony realizes hey we screwed up let's come back into the mcu and work <laughs> something out and you know so if if maybe you, maybe spider-man's out for one movie and then he's back in and it's you, it, it's a you know blip in the road do you think that disney would be willing to do that though or do you think that they would try to punish them and be like nope we're good we rode around it no i think I mean, from reports from what I've read and what I've heard before, Kevin Feige loves Spider-Man. I think he's, if not his favorite character, one of his favorite characters in all of Marvel. So I think if he had any opportunity to go back, I think he would. Now, I do think if Sony makes, you know, if Venom doesn't do well, if they make a Spider-Man, it doesn't do well, and they come back to Disney. I mean, I think the reports of, you know, Disney wanting 25 or so percent, I think that's gone. I think Disney comes back and says, hey, we want... 50-50 50-50 or we want to be a majority on this. I mean, they're, yeah. th- they would make Sony pay, but I do think they would be willing to come back. I mean, I mean do you think it's unreasonable that Disney's asking for, I mean, 50%. And again, I and, and it's co-financing. So Disney would put up 50% of the money to get 50% of the return. And that, and that kind of brings into, you know, one thing I want to talk about with this is because, you know, some people, you know, converse, you know, some people are blaming Sony but conversely, some people are saying, hey, this is just another sign of Disney kind of flexing their muscle in the industry and basically saying, you know, hey, we, we had an agreement before, but, you know, now we're the, the big dogs in town and, and you know, we're going to kind of push you out. We want more now. You know, yeah. it, it, you, Sony's one of the last. They see it as almost like bullying. The other yeah. Company. Yeah. Sony's kind of one of the last studios left. I mean, they, they were in trouble, you know, uh, a few years ago and, and they're still, you know, not doing that great. But yeah, a lot of people see it as Disney. Now they have Fox. They own a huge majority of the box office. We talked about this a few weeks ago, mm-hmm. how you know through August or July and August, they've already set the, the box office record for the biggest gross uh, of all time, and there's still five months left in the year. Yeah. You know, so you know, a lot of people concerned when they bought Fox was, hey, they're they're essentially a monopoly now. They're gonna be able to bully um, theater owners and things for for bigger chunks. And do this kind of thing to you know smaller independent film companies. Sony's not one of those, but but you know a similar thing like this of hey, if you want to play ball with us, we want more of the profits. You know to kind of almost help themselves and hurt Sony at the same time. Maybe buy Sony down the road. So I do think it's an interesting thing. And when we talked, I think I mentioned this before too. Of you know I do kind of get concerned and wonder is Disney getting too big. You know, to an extent, from not necessarily even from how much control they have, but just how much they're trying to do now at this point. Yeah, they could be possibly heading down the road to um, 
just trying to take on too much. You know, sometimes if you try to do too many things at once, you start to make subpar products. And up to this point, I mean, Disney's been pretty solid, um, particularly lately in the past, you know, 15, 20 years, they've been really solid. Um, but we could maybe be heading for like a, a downturn because they're trying to do too much. Right. Exactly. Kind of like what happened in the nineties, you know, the early nineties, you had little mermaid, beauty and the beast, Aladdin. It was, you know, the Renaissance of Disney animation. And then they kind of, you know, just stuck with that hand-drawn animation and then got surpassed by DreamWorks and Pixar doing computer animation Mm -hmm. and pushing the medium forward. And you almost kind of wonder now that it really seems like moviegoers only want to see established franchises. So Marvel Mm -hmm. movies, Star Wars, which, you know, to an extent, like we had, you know, Solo, which didn't do well, but but the other ones seem to be doing well. But people don't go see these, you know, smaller movies anymore. I mean, Disney basically shut down every Fox movie that wasn't already filming because, yeah. you know, it wasn't doing well. And so you kind of wonder if they're so focused on the existing stuff, are they going to get passed by somebody? Right. Well, I think that particularly this could be bad for art in general. Um, and, and I'm thinking of like cinematography as an art form. So like if you have a studio like Disney who is like, oh, we're just going to produce Marvel movies. We're just going to make more Star Wars. Um, that's really not expanding like it's not being very creative that's why i love the disney animated films even though i'm an adult because they really think outside of the box and they really create these new characters and new realms so it is a little disappointing to me now that they're making like i mean i'm excited for frozen 2 don't get me wrong but you know you're expanding on these things that are already existing because they know that they're a guaranteed thing but i want to see them create something new because they have excellent minds that work at disney and i want to see them flex that muscle yeah that and that's exactly what i'm saying they almost get uh, you know, scared. It's kind of that, the you know, like the founder's dilemma, essentially, of you have a successful product. Mm-hmm. And by by trying to just protect your lead, you get passed by someone else because you're not willing to take risk. The bigger you get, right. the more successful you are, the less risk you want to take. And exactly that point, you lose that creativity because you put all your time into certain things. I mean, as much as, you know, Galaxy's Edge looks to be incredible in the theme parks, it's a similar thing. I mean, you know, when Disney originally built Disneyland and the, and the original theme parks, even Epcot, it was all original. I mean, it wasn't IP. But now if, if it's not a billion-dollar franchise, they're not adding it to the theme park. So, you know, if you look at what they're building, right. they're adding Guardians of the Galaxy. They're adding Star Wars. They're adding Zootopia, Ratatouille, you know, in Epcot, which is, you know, already in Paris. But they're, they're focusing solely on the guaranteed winners. And then you're right. You kind of lose that creativity of let's take a flyer maybe this will work yeah yeah taking a chance on on something new and really pushing things forward and and you do kind of worry hey are they going to get past they could stagnate yeah and the other thing is worry from spreading themselves too thin marvel in particular they've announced (laughs) 10 things over the next three years because now they're trying to fill in not only theatrical releases two or three movies a year but now we have Disney Plus that we have to fill with content. Because if we're not right. filling that with a ton of content, we're not going to keep the subscribers we need to keep this thing going. So, right. you know, and Marvel's trying to tie all of this into the MCU. You know, Star Wars is having two or three spinoff shows. It's a little bit easier for them because they don't have to, they're not going to tie it all into the Skywalker saga. 
everything's going to kind of take place in its own time and place. But Marvel is all interconnected. So it's like, are they going to take their eye off the ball and start making subpar stuff? Not to mention, um, I'm, you have to look at a body of work like the Marvel Cin- Cinematic Universe. So you and I, we and a lot of our listeners, I'm sure, we grew I've up. I've looked at it. Yeah, I've seen it all. up <laughs> with the Cinematic Universe. Yes. So we were able to, you know, just watch them as they were coming out. But for these new generations, they're going to look at this as a huge body of work. And a lot of people will see that as daunting. And so they might feel reticent to jump in and, you know, get in on some of these new things that Disney's making because they're like, oh, I've missed so much. I'm not going to get all the jokes. I'm not going to get this character because I know that there are four movies made about it or I know they came from this particular franchise. So I think that that could be a stopping point for them. Yeah, that that's a good point. I do think with Marvel, at least, uh, and, and to your point, I, I do wonder if there is a, a tipping point to where it's so successful, but then people maybe get tired of it because the movie seem, seem to be going down in quality, which so far, if anything, they've gotten better <laughs> in quality. So I don't think, I, I don't think that's a risk, but to your point, are there so many of them that's, Hey, I don't want to jump in now because I don't, I don't know anything. I missed the other 20 movies. But I will say with Endgame, that kind of ended a saga. And so it seems to be they're starting a little bit fresh. So they're, they're bringing in a lot of new superheroes over the next couple of years. Like the next two years of movies are basically no sequels. It's all kind of original stuff except for Thor and Doctor Strange. So it is a good place for new people to come in and existing fans to continue. Well, yeah, I mean, but we know that. But do all of the the people maybe who are newer fans, are they going to know, oh, this is a good jumping in point? I think so. I mean, I think just by the box office of Endgame, they've picked up a lot of new fans recently because, I mean, those movies have done really well. Yes, people are going to see it more and more. But I think it is now so big that I think you have a a huge existing fan base that can kind of keep it going and keep word of mouth going. And it's popular enough that new people may want to jump in and say, Oh, Hey, I got Disney plus. Let me check out this series. And I think those are going to be good entry points because it's, it's going to be lesser known characters. It's going to be Falcon and winter soldier. It's going to be Wanda and and vision. It's going to be Hawkeye. It's going to be the people that haven't had movies yet. So new fans come in and be like, Oh, I really like this guy. When's he going to be in a movie? Yeah. You know, coming out. And I mean, I think that what Disney is definitely trying to do, and I think it could probably very much work out, is the, the Netflix model of people go in and they find a show that they like and they binge it. They're just like, oh my gosh, I can't get enough of this. And so then it just creates more and more products that they can expand on. Yeah, that's a good point. I don't know if Disney's mentioned whether their shows are going to be released all as a series, like a Netflix model, or they will do it like... Um, like HBO, HBO series are one a week. The, you know, they ha- they don't they're not the bingeable format. I'm right. not sure about if Hulu originals, if they're all out at one time or not. So I'm not sure if Disney Plus will do that or it will be kind of a weekly thing like a traditional television. So I guess we'll, we'll wait to see in a couple of months. I feel like it would work better for them if they did the Netflix style. I do too. I think, and it is strange that like HBO hasn't gone to that. But yeah, I'm not sure that they've you know specifically mentioned that at this point so if they have we i definitely missed it so yeah i don't know yeah so i think i mean right now i don't think disney's in trouble i mean they're, they're doing very well but you, you do kind of wonder especially with a huge acquisition that you know five ten years do they start slipping up but i don't know who's going to come after them that's the other thing it's like they've they own pixar now they own marvel yeah. they own fox i don't see universal overtaking them in theme parks 
Um, they definitely do push them and kind of keep them honest yeah. and keep them moving forward. But I don't see Disney slipping that that Universal you know takes them over even with a third theme park. So it'll be interesting to see if you know somebody else can kind of jump them and surpass them. But at least right now, I don't see anybody doing that. You're, you're going to have to have... I mean, I, I feel like what's going to end up having to happen is that Disney's going to get so big that they can't control everything and they're going to make somebody angry and there will be like a splinter. So somebody, like a group of people will say, I'm unhappy, I don't like this. We'll go off and start our own theater, like our own studio because we know how Disney does things and it's, you know... And that's happened all throughout their history. That's what happened with G- DreamWorks. Right. Jeffrey uh, Kratzenberg... He did The Lion King, was doing really well, kind of had a little bit of a, a falling out with Mike Eisner, and then went off and started DreamWorks Animation, which, again, kind of showed Disney up for a while there in terms of animation and, and showed Disney that hand-drawn animation was kind of on its way out. You need to go to this computer animation. They had Shrek, you know, and, and that did really well. And now they have, you know, Disney Animation with the help of um, the Pixar acquisition is now doing, you know, Moana and, and Frozen and everything. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, I hate to hear like they don't, the, the hand John was on its way out because I really do like those hand drawn cartoons, but I can see like, you can fill a, a lot more of the background in, you can make them more complex if you do it computer, like a computer animated style. So, I mean, there's something to be said about that. It is, it definitely pushes the medium forward. Exactly. So, all right, so um, D23 was this weekend, and we're recording this before it's happened. So <laughs> so we won't be talking about it this week, but next week we will definitely be taking a deep dive into all of the announcements. We'll give I'm, you a rundown. Yeah, I'm sure there'll be a ton of stuff because there's panels on Disney+, Plus. there's panels on the movie studios, there's panels on the theme parks, um, that secret announcement and everything, so we'll have to see what that was. And, and so we'll definitely cover that in a lot of detail next week. But this week, what I, I kind of wanted to touch on was Walt Disney World. So we're, we're planning a trip. And why this came up is because we're going to be going in November to see Galaxy's Edge and for Food and Wine Festival. But we're only able to go for a few days. We're just going for a long weekend. You know, typically, I think uh, one of our episodes, probably one of our early episodes, was we kind of talked about what's the ideal trip length if you're going. And, you know, I, I think we kind of said, hey, ideally you have one day at each park. Yeah, I plus think we said five days. Five maybe, to six days, five, yeah. Five, six, seven yeah, days. Yeah, because yeah, you, want, you want one day at each park plus ideally probably two extra days to kind of float around, fill in what you missed, maybe some time at Disney Springs. So we're only going to be going for like two days. Yeah. <laughs> two, two and a half days maybe. Not very long. With travel. So... When I was thinking about it, it was like, hey, we're not going to have time to do everything like you right. typically want to. So we're really going to have, we're only going to have time to do maybe, you know, the top one or two things we want to do at each park. So I thought it would be uh, kind of a good episode just to kind of talk about what are our like top, you know, maybe attractions if, or if shows. If you're going to go to Disney food. for yeah. a couple days, yeah. what are the things, yeah, what are the things you, things have, you have, to have to hit? hit? Yeah. Because maybe, maybe you only have one day and you want to hit all four parks, which I've done and, and is possible to do. But when you're visiting all four parks in one day, you can really only do one or two things at each park. It's not like you're going there and you're spending a lot of time at each park and riding you're all of your favorite rides. You're not doing a deep rides. dive. No. Yes. It's, it's a very quick thing and it's kind of a lot of running around. Uh, it was fun to do, for sure, to, to visit everything in one day. But it's not, again. It's hectic. Yeah. It's hectic. It's not. If it's your only trip to Disney, I definitely don't yeah, recommend doing it. and it's not relaxing it. either. <laughs> I found it a little bit relaxing. It was fun. So, 
All right, so so like I said, I thought we'd kind of you know go over our our top you know one or two things, and it could be you know a place we have to eat, uh, a show we have to see, uh, something we have to ride. So just kind of taking all four parks uh, one at a time. Starting, uh, we'll start with Epcot. Does that that work for you? Okay. So uh, my my things at Epcot and kind of the top, I'd say two things I need to do. So one thing is I love visiting Japan in World Showcase. <laughs> And that doesn't have to be a, a long time, but uh, Japan is one of my favorite uh, countries to visit. Uh, I enjoyed visiting there actually, yeah. <laughs> and I enjoy you know visiting there in World Showcase. Uh, if you actually haven't heard our uh, trip recaps to Tokyo Disneyland and Tokyo Disney Sea, those are the past two weeks. Be sure to to download those now. So <laughs> have a long drive and yeah. then listen to yeah. those. Yeah, we we go into some deep dives there, but. But the World Showcase, the the pavilion there, it, it's just it's a lot of fun. I mean, it's it's a, a beautiful scenery there. They have the Tory Gate out front, but just the shop there is great. They have all of the you know like anime stuff, Pokemon stuff in there. They have like the cool Japanese candies and everything. Mm-hmm. You can get the uh, the pick a clam to get an oyster. And so it, I, it's, it's it's a fun environment. It is, and it also I mean it is pretty accurate to what our experience was at least in Japan. Like everyone was very polite. And I feel like that is a pervasive thing in the Japanese culture is being polite and is being thankful and uh, respectful of other people. So I think that they do a great job of capturing that. Yeah, it's very authentic. The other thing, and this is an attraction, and a lot of people may roll their eyes when I say this. <laughs> I bet I know what it is. It's living with the land. Oh, I forgot so, that one. Uh, so if I can only go to Epcot and ride one thing, it would have to be living with the land, which a lot of people are probably like, you're nuts. What about Frozen? What about Soren? What about Test Track? All those rides are great. I agree. If I can ride more than one ride, I'm riding all of those 100%. But if I have a limited time and it's like, can only do my favorite, it's living with the land. There's something about that boat ride <laughs> that's just absolutely amazing. And they actually upgraded the the video screens. So at the beginning oh, they have really? the video footage it's it's like high definition now which is great so disney remembers that ride still exists because <laughs> there was a rumor that they were going to get rid of it a while ago but that was a like a false rumor so they've, they've done a little bit of upgrades to it and we've done the behind the scenes for this too behind the seeds oh yeah yeah, yeah. behind the seeds tour which was which was incredible, incredible that was yeah. that was one of the best uh tours that we've done yeah so if if I'm i feel g- like it's hard to classify what the best is because disney is always the yeah best. They're, they're all great but but that one was a lot of fun again because it was in living with the land and i love that ride so that's that's my go-to ride if i'm riding <laughs> one thing i should have known i'm skipping frozen i'm skipping test track so when we go in november if we have a limited time because it's food and wine and it's packed i'm getting on living with the land and then i'm happy <laughs> Nice. Okay. So my speaking, uh, like my, my list of like the top things I have to do in Epcot, um, speaking of frozen, frozen, uh, interesting. Yeah. Wow. Cause you were, before you had ridden that the first time you're kind of like, Oh, I'm not a huge fan of the movie frozen. You know, I'll ride. I'm sure it'll be okay. But like, you liked a lot yeah. of other stuff there, so now that's your that's your go to thing. Well, okay. I think that Epcot. I, I'm I think Test Track it is a is, great ride. It is really a great ride. So. I think Test Track is fun, but I feel like it's you know, it, as far as like it's kind of a thrill ride, and I feel like you know other theme parks have thrill rides that beat Test Track. Um, and then, um, oh my gosh, you mentioned another one that I literally just Soren. Soren. Oh yeah, Soren. After riding the. Uh, Riding Flight of Passage to me is just, it doesn't, it doesn't really cut it. But I think that 
Frozen is a lot of fun and it's very unexpected and how you're going forward and then Elsa just sings let it go and you go backward and you can feel the cold because you're like they pump in cold air it's just it's a multi-sensory experience so I really enjoy that the other thing to me or one of the other things about Epcot what, what do you think what do you think I'm gonna say well eating Yes, the yeah, food. Just so, just food in general. But food. One, but what? What? One specific. Okay. Well, I have two specifics. Okay. So okay. Most we've already established when we've talked about this before that most times a year, Epcot has a festival. Yeah, There's a festival. some sort of festival yeah. going on. So one of one of my two things um, that I have to ha- do is now I want to go to those festivals and I want to go to those little booths and I want to try the different fun foods that they have. So. So your go-to thing is go when there's a festival going on absolutely okay but if there's no festival going on or just in general i have one place that i need to go and that is la Crée okay in canada yes that yeah that, that would probably be the top place to eat there yes if, if you're going for restaurants absolutely so uh get their poutine their poutine is incredible it's gluten-free and um i mean their steaks are good but honestly i would probably rather have the poutine and i don't think we ordered the brussels sprouts last time i would prefer to go there get poutine and brussels sprouts just get a my couple meal. appetizers yeah and not order the steak because steak was, was very a, good the steak, steak was, was good but good. it was a steak you're not a huge steak person so yeah it you, was, you like you like all the appetizers which which makes sense so all right so we'll move to animal kingdom next because you mentioned flight of passage and that would be my go-to thing. So if I have a limited amount of time in Animal Kingdom, mine too. I was gonna say pan, just visiting Pandora. Yeah. And and it's sp- a banger. Specific, yeah. specifically Flight of Passage, <laughs> and I think this is because it's new, and I right. think you know we haven't ridden it very much. So if I'm going and I have a limited amount of time, I've ridden Expedition Everest a lot of times. I've been on the Safari multiple times. I've uh, been on Dinosaur multiple times. So I, I can, if I don't ride those one trip, it's not a huge thing if I have a limited amount of time. Same with there's a lot of great animals to see. But again, you can see a lot of those in a zoo. So if you have mm-hmm. limited time, I say go to Pandora. It's new. It's beautiful. I mean, it's one of the best lands that Disney's ever done just as far as the level of detail mm-hmm. and theming. I mean, even if you didn't get to ride Flight of Passage – just being there in the environment, I feel is worth yes. it. Where they have the they have the drummers out oh, there, yeah, just those so shows. They have um, the 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 cast member walking around in the the suit. I forget what it's called, but it's like the big robotic suit doing mm-hmm. a show. So I mean, just just being around for the shows and the atmosphere of it, and like you know, hearing the the music of the animals, it's worth it just to go for that. Even if you can't get on flight of passage, right. but definitely. You know, I'm heading in Flight of Passage, making sure I kind of check that box for Animal Kingdom. Yeah, absolutely. Is that is that all you have for that? Yeah. Okay. Well, Animal Kingdom, whenever I was creating this list, I was shocked to see, because years ago it wouldn't have been this way, but I was shocked to see that this is probably my biggest, most spend time in it park. Like, I want to probably spend the most time in Animal Kingdom, and that's because I love Everest. Again, I think it has like that frozen effect where you're going forward and you go backward. Um, you don't have that in too many other places. So I really love Everest. Again, like we said, Flight of Passage. It's new. It's great. It's a great experience. And the thing breathes underneath your legs. I mean, come on. Uh, but also, I love Dinosaur. I Every park, the ride that I like 
the most in the Disney parks is either Indiana Jones or Dinosaur. <laughs> like we've established. Because they're the same ride. Yeah, they're the same ride. So and basically you like you that you think that's the greatest ride system I love they've ever that built. Ride. I you know what? I think it it really taps into the fact that I love four wheeling and anything having to do what with like other, four wheeling. What other properties could they overlay that ride system for? That's a good question. We have to think about that. You should yeah. come up with something. Because you like that ride system most of all. You should come up with other rides that they can put in other parks to work like that. That's We'll, we'll, we'll think about that one. Yeah. And then the other one that they just recently added was, I believe they just put the drawing in Animal Kingdom, right? Yes. They added that back in Rafiki's Planet Watch. Right. Correct. So I was thinking I would put that in Hollywood Studios. And I'm like, because uh, I, when I was cre- creating my list, I'm like, oh, no, that's that's not there anymore. But it is an anim- Animal Kingdom. And I would love to do that again. So, so that'd be great. So that's, that's probably your top top thing besides Pandora. So if you had kind of, like we said, like one or two things to do. Because you're well, not going to just do one thing at each park. Right, right. Yeah. I would probably say because I haven't done it in a while besides Pandora, that would be my number two. But the other two are, are pretty important too. To go, go right. Yeah, that's a good point. I forgot that they brought that drawing class back to Animal Kingdom. Uh, and so I'm kind of with you. I think, you know, still go visit Pandora because it's new. But learning how to draw the characters. And they have new characters there. You know, they have like the Lion King all in. There's more animal-based uh, characters teaching you. I definitely wait. Think... The characters are teaching you. No, they're, they're <laughs> teaching you. I draw the characters. That'd be really. That'd be awesome. So, but now that they have that back. You're right. That that was a really fun experience at Hollywood Studios. They still have it at Disneyland, so you can do it there. But uh, you know, it's kind of sad to see that go at Hollywood Studios. So I think that that would be on my list of you know Animal Kingdom. Definitely rope drop, flight of passage. If I can't get a fast pass, get that one out of the way and definitely go do uh, that animation academy experience because you're right. Haven't done that in a while, but that, that was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. I definitely was uh, uh, very worse. Not very worse. I definitely was a lot worse <laughs> at trawling than you. So I won't even, I won't even claim to pretend that I was, was better at it than you. Um, I think you that your much better rider was better than mine. I was really bad at drawing humans. Thank, thank you for uh, throwing me a bone there and pretending like I actually <laughs> did something a little bit better. Well, but the, no, my drawing is, was terrible. In, in, I I'm, mean, I'm used to stick figures. So <laughs> anything above stick figures, I'm impressed with, with myself. <laughs> If I can get past the stick figure, because sometimes the stick figures don't even turn out correctly. But <laughs> all right, we'll um, we'll move to Hollywood Studios now. Having not been to Galaxy's Edge, I mean, clearly that's what we're going for in November. Yes. Yeah, that. Yeah. But I, I I didn't put that one on my list just because. What? Well, just because we've not been there. Yeah. And I think, you know, I don't know. Maybe it's maybe it's no good. I mean, I I, th- I think that's probably not true. I feel like right now that's the top of everybody's list, though. Yeah. Because I mean, exactly. Unless yeah. you live there. Yeah, you're, you're kind of there. if you're going for Galaxy's Edge, that's what you're going for. So kind of outside of that, I'd actually say my kind of thing that I would want to do at Hollywood Studios is ride Slinky Dog Dash. Oh yeah. And and again, it's it's because I think it's new. But really, if you look at that park. There's there's not too much to do there now. You know, Tower of Terror is good. We all know you love the Guardians Mission Breakout. I'm just going to stop you before you even say it. So we all know you love that version the best. But but yeah, I mean, you know, Tower of Terror is fun. Aerosmith is good. But Slinky Dog was a really good ride. And Toy Story Land, I think, again, they did a great job with it. So if I'm going to Hollywood Studios, I'm definitely going to spend my time 
uh, in Toy Story Land. And again, uh, you know, Galaxy's Edge excluded. I think the other thing, I, you know, Hollywood Studios has and does well is they have a lot of kind of unique places to eat. So, mm-hmm. so they have you know a lot of a lot of cool places to go to you the can sci-fi, yeah you can um, yeah the theater. sci-fi they have the the 50s primetime diner they have you know this the, the uh, dine with a mad an imagineer you know a couple days a week but i would say that the 50 the uh, sci-fi drive-in uh diner would be kind of one of my other go-to's if i could could eat at some place because that that's really cool it's you know it's set up that the tables are um like, like old, drive-ins. yeah, like old cars set up in a drive-in movie. They play, you know, made-up sci-fi <laughs> movies that are a couple minutes, and they're real cheesy and stuff like that. <laughs> and it's kind of set up like you're under the stars, and it's a really unique place to eat. You know, some place like you're only gonna eat at a place like that at a theme park at, D- at Disney World. Right. You know, you're not gonna go. Uh, you know, a lot of the restaurants are are just kind of normal. They have theming, but you, you could you could feel like you could eat at one of those anywhere but this is like very specific to disney i would like to take a peek at their menu again because i feel like i wasn't very impressed with our, my food the last time we were there so i do think that they could maybe elevate the food a little bit yeah, it's, to match the experience it's better yeah it's definitely the atmosphere i mean that I would be the, what would keep me from wanting to go back i thought the food was good i mean you're right it wasn't it wasn't like award-winning yeah but <laughs> but it definitely was good you're there more for the experience but i think that would kind of be my other top thing to go to okay cool so just for the sake of not repeating you, I have a few other different ones. Uh, the rock and roller coaster would be, I think probably toward the top of my list. Interesting. Because I, we, I don't think, I don't know if we've ever gone to the Disney park and rode it together, at least recently. We haven't ridden the last couple times we've been there and I would just love to ride it. So, I mean, it's not my like top if I like, cause it's one of my favorites, but it's a top for me now because I haven't ridden it in so long. So, that interesting. One? That's a, that's an interesting take. I wouldn't have expected that. Right. And then, I mean, you ca- you called it with Star Wars and you called it with Tower. But again, so you would Disney's- ride Tower of Terror. That's, I would that's ride up ta- your top. I would ride it Tower of Terror. But it, to me, um, Hollywood Studios is a little bit more right now, at least kind of a I don't want to say a throwaway park, but I don't have to spend a lot of time there. Um, I would much rather give that time to Animal Kingdom because there's more there that interests me than at Hollywood Studios. So. Okay. All right. So moving to uh, Magic Kingdom, the last park, I think, you know, I, I had a couple of things written down and, and there's a lot to do here. So, you know, some people may say it's a small world. Some people may say Jungle Cruise. Some people may say Splash Space Mountain, Mountain yeah, Space Splash Mountain. Mountain, Seven Dwarves. There's a lot of good stuff. I had, I had a couple of things here. So if I just have a little bit of time, I mean, one, just walking through Main Street. I, I, you're a jerk why did you have that literally read my note atmosphere okay yeah <laughs> all right on, on the same i'm shocked on the same we're on the same page yeah and, and that was like the first thing i wrote down because it is great atmosphere i'll let you talk about that one a little bit okay so since, yeah, since you, we both had that when you walk in the grandeur of um the grandeur of magic kingdom and of main street just strikes you i mean you walk in there's shops lining both sides and you have a a really nice uh, walkway that just goes straight and creates a beautiful eye line straight to the castle and the castle especially in Disney World I mean if you go to the other Disney parks I think there are other things that other parks have better than Disney World but the castle to me is still way better at Disney World because it just because the grandeur of it it's huge in Disney World so I absolutely 
love it. And it's, it's so fun. And there are usually people there with balloons and there's usually photographers there to take your picture. Um, a lot of the shops are fun and unique. Uh, there's things to eat there. And so, yeah, the atmosphere and, and, and magic kingdom is nothing short of magical. Yeah. So you want to go there just for that. Yeah. And again, I, and I wrote that down first and I was thinking, oh, well, I need something kind of more specific. Cause I was thinking of some other stuff. So I definitely agree with you there. Just kind of walking around is great. Uh, as far as like shows or attractions, I think my number one thing to do if I went went to Magic Kingdom, and this is at the end of the night, is to see the Happily Ever After, <laughs> the Happily Ever After uh, fireworks show. So do you have that one as well? Castle show. Yeah. <laughs> so that I think that's the best show, uh, you know, Disney's ever done, and. I mean, the fireworks are always the best at Magic Kingdom, but whenever they changed that up and and they added in, you know, all the new characters, the new music and projections, it's just phenomenal. So, I mean, if I went to Magic Kingdom and I didn't write a single thing and I just saw that show, I would be happy. I mean, I I would be content with that. Just kind of, like we said, walking up Main Street to visited some of the shops to see the show and then and then walk back out of main street and that would be enough for me i mean you really don't even have to ride anything and it is kind of amazing that that park has that great an atmosphere and that great a nighttime show that you can do that and feel like content with your day now i mean if that's all you did the whole day Yeah. You might not because you know you're that's an hour of your time or whatever like that. But you know if if you did a lot of other stuff, spent time at the other parks or you're at the at the water parks all day, and then you go there for just the evening for a few hours and you did that, you're fine. I, I don't need to ride anything. Right. Exactly. But, yeah. But if I did have to ride something, I would probably say Haunted Mansion would be mm, my top. That's actually surprising. To yeah. Me. I. You know. I, it, it's one of the original attractions and i think to you know your point earlier um when you were talking about like test track that's more of like a thrill ride i mean space mountain is fun but it's more of a thrill ride you can't really see anything i mean it's a fun ride to go on but there's not a lot of like theming or things to look at you're in space that is the theme (laughs) you're like flying through space what more do you need joe all right so but Haunted Mansion, I feel like, you know, it's slow. There's a lot to see. You could see something new every time you ride it. Um, when we rode it in, in Tokyo, which I understand, you know, it's a little bit different. But it's very similar, though. But there were things I was catching, like, oh, I never noticed, like, that before. Or this, you know, this effect or that. And I and I get that way when I ride it in Disney World, which I've ridden it, you know, multiple times. And so it, it's just kind of fun to you know, be on there. Every now and then you get stopped in a yeah. certain room and you can kind of really you know, look around and, uh, and see some stuff in detail. So that's that's, what I would say. If I had to ride one thing, it would, it would be Haunted Mansion. Okay. Yeah. I, uh, so did you, did you say that one too? Did we go three? I did not say Haunted Mansion. (laughs) So I mean, because I would have been concerned then that you looked at my notes. (laughs) (laughs) There's no cheating going on here. So besides, um, obviously you could tell by how defensive I got besides space mountain. Uh, obviously that ride just holds a special place in my heart. I think it's a lot of fun. I enjoy flying through it. I think that the Disney world version is the best version of the ride. So, I would I would agree with that. Yeah, yeah. because I, I do enjoy the single rider. I like the fact that you're behind me. It's just, it's just a lot of fun. Um, I feel like the one in Disney is a little bit smaller. I think some of the other ones are bigger buildings. And so it feels like you're making tighter turns and it's a little bit more jerky and fun. So I love that ride. 
And then my other one that you didn't have would be, I love meeting Mickey. That okay. is. Yeah, that's a good. Yeah. Go to it, Magic Kingdom I mean, meeting you're Mickey. in Magic yeah, Kingdom. You're right. That's a must do. So when you go in and usually, I mean, there's sometimes there are some waits, but sometimes you get in pretty quickly. Meeting Mickey, I think, is just a magical experience. And I'm also colored by our last experience meeting Mickey, which was we had a great interaction and Minnie, like they, they were awesome and they had really cool outfits for the 90th. So I think that that's kind of a, a must do. Yeah, definitely. So I think that kind of, that covers all the, all four parks. And again, you know, this is kind of just like our top things must to do. So if, you know, we had a limited amount of time because again, we're only those going are the main parks, we're only not, going for a few days. Not the water parks. Yeah, it doesn't count the water parks too, but we definitely love to hear all the listeners, you know, kind of what you think, do you agree, disagree with, with our top things to do? If you've gone on, you know, a trip and you've hit all four parks in one day, or you've only gone for a few days, you know, what, what were the top things that you do every time you go, you know, when you go to magic kingdom, what's the one thing you have to do to consider a successful day? Is it meeting Mickey? Is it seeing the fireworks show? You know, what is it? Also, I feel like my ranking system has had like a real, uh, dearth of just food with the exception of Epcot. So if anybody wants to write in and say, you know what, when you're in Animal Kingdom, you have to eat at whatever, please feel free. I would love suggestions because I like to make Joe go eat at, you know, at interesting different places. Restaurants. Yeah. And, yeah. And it's uh, like you said, you know, we talked about, uh, you know, Epcot. We talked about sci-fi, you know, d- uh, dining theater, which is very well themed. But you're right. I mean, Disney does theme restaurants well at all the parks so and there's so many of them right it's like almost impossible to eat at them all yeah you know so it's a bit overwhelming when you go to check it out so if if, if the listeners if you guys yeah. have have suggestions for us we would really appreciate if it you have any good recommendations mm-hmm. so yeah d- definitely let us know and you can let us know uh via a number of methods uh, <laughs> this is very scientific <laughs> yeah. yeah via uh via facebook <laughs> We're at Enchanted Ears Podcast or and through our... Throw in we- your lab reports <laughs> and put it at the bottom on a footnote. Or through our website. Put it listed in your works cited page. <laughs> <laughs> All right, teacher. And through our website, uh, EnchantedEarsPodcast.com slash podcast questions. So you can send us your comments uh, there. You could send us uh, any questions you may have, uh, any suggestions for future episodes you'd like us to discuss uh definitely let us know there want to thank everybody for listening you know a a reminder make sure you subscribe to us leave us a rating or a review wherever you get your podcasts whether that's apple Podcasts, google play stitcher um, wherever you get your podcast all of that stuff helps Uh, it helps us kind of reach uh, a broader audience so thank you again uh to me for editing this episode this is a new thing we're doing (laughs) Be like those official podcasts. By, by so. the way, I didn't tell you this. Midweek last week, I got a text from my mom saying, thank you, Joe, <laughs> for editing the podcast. Excellent. So thank you. See, we're getting... We're, you're we're, getting some accolades Yes, here. yes. See, one day, I'm just going to get snatched up by a better podcast. It's going to be like, we want you to edit our podcast, and then I'm leaving you in the dust. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm going to say no. I stay with only Enchanted Ears. This is ridiculous. So, <laughs> Or you can just say we, we can do two podcasts. Okay. <laughs> I think there's a, there's a better option. Well, thank you for lending us your ears. Yeah. Thanks, everybody. Uh, have a great week, and we'll see you here next Monday. Bye. Bye.